Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For this week, may or may not wrap it up, but we've got House 4 and Amityville Horror, The Evil Escapes. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. We'll just, let's just warn all the listeners going forward, uh, I've got a pretty bad cough, and there's no way for me to avoid coughing. So far, so far as I know, I don't have COVID, so nobody needs to worry about that just yet. I have oh, not been I have not been tested, but I literally only have one COVID symptoms, so it's much more likely it's a sinus infection. Only takes one. Yeah, technically one symptom is how many it takes to die. Yeah, but so. but but that symptom is a cough, and there's like five hundred things that cause a cough. I'm not running a fever. I'm not. Do you know, do you know what one thing is that causes a cough? Don't COVID. have COVID toes. What the fuck is COVID toes? <laughs> it's a really common symptom. It's got something to do with the inflammation combined with your OSAT drop, and it causes your toes to swell up because they're the furthest thing from your heart. I guess. So you try to put your shoes on and they don't fit, you probably have COVID. Yeah. Yeah, if you're coughing and your shoes don't fit, you got a big problem. <laughs> I can't imagine trying to explain to somebody a year ago how that sentence would have made sense. Right. You imagine it's like January of 2019 and you tell somebody, hey, if you're coughing and your shoes don't fit, you're in real trouble. You might die. <laughs> <laughs> It'll look at you like you were crazy. And now we just say it like it's like, yeah, yeah good point. This is somehow still Noah's fault. Yeah, that sounds about right. I'm reasonably confident no one caused the pandemic and his own current medical situation so <laughs> it's like i was a carrier for like almost a full year yeah patient zero it's all your illicit dealings in china that are the problem well first of all there's nothing ill about my dealings in china <laughs> They are so all, so they're they're all licit? licit. They are they're licit dealings. <laughs> well, I guess before Noah dies, should we just jump into it? Yeah. I'd like to get his thoughts on the movies. I was I was very concerned. I was very concerned for a few minutes that, that we were gonna have two movies that were about a haunted lamp somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Nope, just two movies about houses that have sludgy mud that comes out of the faucets. Yeah, that's probably been the most consistent thing throughout these two series of them. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> films has been the sludge coming out of the faucets. Um. Well, Doug, why don't you tell us about the haunted lamp in Amityville Four? Um, okay, so the, the movie Amityville Horror, The Evil Escapes, also known as Amityville, The Evil Escapes, also known as Amityville Horror, The Evil Escapes, uh, <laughs> opens with, which is a great sign, by the way, any movie from the 80s with three titles, that's how you know it's quality. Um, it opens with a group of priests uh, attacking the Amityville house, and apparently... Trying to the get rid priest. of the evil, <laughs> attacking. <laughs> I just love your, your proactive that they're like doing a full on assault on the hammer. I need a, I need an old priest and a young priest, two middle aged priests and a Latino priest. <laughs> it's literally like some guy. I don't know who the guy is. Drives like up to the house with all these priests, and he's like, "You guys go in there and you do your fucking shit. You take care of that evil." <laughs> And I'm going to wait out here. And they're like, yeah, that's probably best you do. So they all run in there and they're all saying their prayers and throwing their holy water and shit. But then the evil escapes into a lamp. I did not expect the title. I did not expect the title to be so literal, but it's actually the entire plot of the film. (laughs) Um, The next day, basically they're like, well, since all the evil's gone, I guess we could just put all the shit in the house out onto a yard sale. A weird murdery yard sale, since everybody knows that's the crazy demon murder house. Yeah. Which uh, uh, we should point out. So this is part four. Yeah. So are we, <coughs> are we following part two or are we following part three? Because as we talked about, part three was supposed to be oh. sequel to, Yeah. Real okay, life. So first of all, Brian, you're you're in charge of the research, so I don't appreciate your question because you were supposed to have that answer. Well, I'm asking However, because at the end of three, the house blows up. I I'm pretty sure this is like this is doing like the H2O thing where it just this is a sequel to real life again. Okay. So that's what I think happened, but I don't know that for sure. Well, apparently, I I was it assuming is that it is a sequel to two. Oh. Well, apparently it is true that after uh, they didn't come back that somebody sold all of the stuff in the house at a yard sale. So. Is that true? Apparently that is true, according to the trivia on IMDb. Alright. So maybe this is a sequel to the original film, maybe it's a sequel to real life, or maybe it's a sequel to part two. We've narrowed it down to those options, though, right? But I love, a... <laughs> I love that in every other movie, though, the house... Sat far away on a plot of land, away from the road, right against the uh, the the ocean or whatever. Oh yeah, there's and no water in this one, is there? No, uh, this one, the house is just right on the street. Anybody can just walk right up to it, no problem. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> All right, so it's not the Amityville house; it's a different house, but it's still yeah. infected by the same Amityville-ish evil. I was going to say, it looks an awful lot like somebody found a house that had those front windows similar to the Amityville house, and they were like, mm, good enough. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about <laughs> continuity problems in the next movies. Maybe maybe I shouldn't <laughs> stick on this one. <laughs> just, we haven't gotten to the plot of this one yet. This is all the prelude to it. Where was I in my plot description? They're, they're yard sale. A, yard sale. Oh, yeah. So some bitch comes along and she's like, 
my sister would hate this lamp, so I'm going to buy it and ship it all the way to California just to be a bitch about things. Which she does. And in like uh, night, it's like 1989 or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, oh, $100. Perfect. That's $100 in 1989 money. $100 in 1989 plus the cost of shipping that giant, like, adult human sized lamp across the country so we're talking probably more than 100 bucks to ship i would think fucking one one percenters yeah like that lamp that lamp is the worst lamp it's a terrible lamp that's a like a lamp that looks like a tree that's designed to look like a person (laughs) which is not why would anyone want that with a fucking mysterio's head (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a whole lamp it looks like a decoration in Hogwarts in fucking Harry Potter. Yeah, if Harry Potter were made on a much smaller budget. <laughs> right. So anyways, the lamp arrives uh, at the sister's house coincidentally on the same day where this daughter and her kids are moving in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's a lot of wacky shit starts to happen as soon as... I mean, I guess as an audience, we know right away that the lamp is what's causing this, that the family does not know that the I, lamp some put a bird in a toaster oven and turned it on. I love the <laughs> fact that the lamp, the lamp literally plugs itself in and then proceeds to like electro come into the wall to, to spread its evil into the house. <laughs> Correct. That's what happens. Um, not exactly the words I was going to use in my plot description, but <laughs> not inaccurate. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the uh, the first like, the first, I don't Jesus know, call Noah, it. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> cough, cough away from the microphone. That was that was literally me holding a hand over my mouth in the opposite <laughs> direction of the microphone. Uh, sorry, Doug. Continue. <laughs> Shit. I don't know. The first while, the lamp is just turning electrical stuff on and off, but then later it has the ability to actually pick shit up and move it. Um, it pretends to be the deceased father of the children, so it can confuse an eleven-year-old girl. For I don't know what the end, I don't I didn't really get what the end goal of doing that was. I guess it was going to possess her or get her to kill other people or something. Um, yeah, I think that's what's up. But eventually, the one priest who actually witnessed the evil escape into the lamp um, and just attract everything down because he does his like Columbo routine where he. <laughs> tracks the lamp through it's like somebody kept records of it's like a whole separate problem where it's like you wrote down the name and phone number of people who bought shit at your yard sale um kind of a weird thing but so then he shows up and he's like i don't know he does like a weird exorcism thing on the lamp and they all run away i I mean yeah I, I don't want to tell you. That's yeah. the part of the movie. You can act like it's my fault. I just said all those things. But I mean, <laughs> so you, in my, you in missed these, the haunted chainsaw, which is the most important part of the movie. Oh, I assume we're going to go through the specific things because okay. the haunted cha- there are some real fun. Random, random haunted objects is kind of the bread and butter of this film. Yeah, and it's going to continue <laughs> through the next three films because this is the first in a four-part series of. Haunted uh, haunted items from the house going out into the world. We're not here to discuss those films. We're, t- we're here to discuss this particular movie. I, and it's interesting because we, if you piece together the last two things Noah has said that don't involve coughing, it's A, the, this thing gets into the house by taking over 
the electrical system after being plugged in, and then B, it can immediately control inanimate objects that are not connected to the electrical system of the house. So <laughs> that's the logic of this movie. Yeah, I, th- I think the first thing we need to say is, you know, in these haunting movies, there's always that thing where weird shit starts to happen, but they're able to, like, pass it off as something else. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, you know, that could be this. But literally, like, the first thing that happens is the parrot is taken out of the closed cage from under the sheet into the kitchen, <laughs> into the toaster oven, and then the toaster oven is turned on. Well, I think and he they... even turns it on, though. So that part, it was just stuck in there and no one noticed. Oh, okay. See, I thought he went over there to use it and it was already cooked parrot. No, I think the grandma turned it on to like preheat it. Do you preheat toaster ovens? I don't know. It's not 1989 anymore. I don't know what you do with a toaster oven. (laughs) I I could see you preheating a toaster oven. Okay. I think she was preheating the toaster oven then. But still, they, they act like that's an accident. I just, I don't see the parrot opening the toaster oven, getting into the toaster oven, and then closing the toaster oven. (laughs) It seems unreasonable when you think about it. And then laying there quietly as you preheat the toaster oven, because why wouldn't it squawk and con try to get out when you turn the thing on? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Valid points. Yeah, but remember when they... Or the look on all their faces when they pulled a dead bird out of the toaster oven. That's pretty fun. I can't deny I enjoyed that part. Char, Char actually watched this one with me, and I think we were all in agreement. This is one weird fucking looking family. Did you guys notice that? Yep. <laughs> like, the daughter's, like, cheek proportions don't make any fucking sense. <laughs> the cheek proportions? Well, she's we're, got, like... We're at that level of nitpicking this early no. in the discussion. No! She's she's got somehow she's got both a pointy chin and Robert Zadar face at the same time. Ouch. You're, not, you're not wrong. And and then the son's head is not proportioned to his body. He looks like a weird fucking bobblehead child. You didn't say that last week. I don't know. He's a weird. <laughs> I I don't know if there's a difference in the way he was shot, but in this movie, I was like, what in the fuck is wrong with that kid's head? Is it is it maybe his super blonde hair? Because I don't think it was dyed in the last movie. Maybe. No, I think that's what it was. I think they tried to make him look more like the girls by dyeing his hair blonder. I hadn't thought that much about it, but now that you say it out loud, it's like it was weird <laughs> how blonde it was. Yeah. What about the youngest daughter who was hired because she's pretty good at acting like a creepy little kid? But then in the scenes where they have to get her to act like a normal little kid, she obviously can't act. And it's like, well... <laughs> I don't trust that child actor. Why is she so much better at being creepy than she's being normal? <laughs> well, I think they just hired a creepy little kid. You think that's what they did? The, the like, end. I don't. I don't think she was acting at all ever in the movie. I think she's just a weird creepo. Okay, that's not unreasonable. Like they're like, this lamp's your dad, and then they just filmed her and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you? Did you guys figure out that this house was on the side of a cliff before the end of the movie? Because <laughs> I certainly didn't. I think there were some shots earlier in the movie. I had the impression that it was one of those California cliff houses. Yeah, it uh, it wasn't in real life, if that helps. <laughs> okay. No, they took a facade, because apparently there was a shark, <laughs> a 
trailer park nearby, and they just took a facade and put it up and then shot it from the back for all the cliff stuff. It didn't look out of place, I didn't think. That's not... I Of the things I can say about this movie... <laughs> the, lamp, the, the fucking evil lamp gets shipped across the country after giving a lady tetanus. I never... <laughs> tetanus that grows I, like a fucking Jesus Christ. A I was zombie gonna, bite. I was going to say, I'll give this movie props on one thing, because obviously this is a weird, cheesy, shitty movie, but uh, several of like, the, uh, the kill and or injury scenes are pretty dope. Oh, yeah. I assume we're going to get to the guy sticking his hand in the fucking uh, disposal. <laughs> that is pretty gnarly. This is a made-for-TV movie, according it, to It me. was. Uh, if you read the trivia, the director does not remember shooting all the bloody gory stuff. <coughs> so he thinks all that stuff was uh, shot later and edited in for the home video release. Well, if that's true, they did a good job of it. Yeah. I'll say that. Because it doesn't stand out that way, which mm. some movies do stand out when they try to add shit in for their home video release. But yeah, uh, but yeah. yeah, like when that when that guy shows up and like they do the whole thing where he shows up and they introduce him as if he's going to be a love interest for the teenage girl. And <laughs> he's like being super helpful to the family, and then we we think he's thwarted the house because remember the house is like that doesn't just turn on the garbage disposal; it has to actually flip the switch. <laughs> so we see the switch starting to turn on and then he comes in and tapes it up but then we realize then he sticks his hand down the garbage disposal and then we clip back over and we see the, the <laughs> switch is like fuck this tape I can make it through this <laughs> and his hand and then when the hand makes the call back later in the movie that was fantastic oh yeah <laughs> see I actually think that might be my favorite kill of the whole thing where the house very literally shits viscous doo-doo juice in a dude's face until he dies. <laughs> I did like, though, that it went from, well, my hand got tore up in a garbage disposal to, oh, my whole hand in, in complete form falls out of the pipe. Yeah. So garbage disposals work, right? They cut yeah, your hand sure. off right at the wrist and even just even keeps the ring right on the finger. <laughs> so we know it's the same hand. Oh, oh that doo-doo that doo-doo juice was so uh the consistency of it was just like oh man <laughs> that is <Yeah>. foul <laughs> that dude... i know it is weird you could almost smell it through the screen you're just like oh that's i bet that's horrible it's funny because when the guy shows up you're like oh you know what we're like we're on week four of our haunted house movie marathon here and in almost all the movies, somebody turns on a tap and some gooey shit comes out instead of water. <laughs> somebody finally called a plumber. Like, it's about time. <laughs> and this is what happens to the poor plumber is he crawls under the house, opens a pipe, and then a human hand hits him in the face. <laughs> and he drowns in the fucking gooey shit that comes out of the pipe. <laughs> like, oh, guess I shouldn't have been rooting for a plumber to be called in all those other movies. Although I'm not 100% confident in that plumber, because the issue was nasty stuff was coming through the water part pipes, and he was clearly checking the sewage pipes, which are, uh, which are not yeah. connected. Yeah, as, as, as somebody who knows almost nothing about plumbing, he was clearly doing the wrong thing. It's, <laughs> he, he was checking the water coming out of the house instead of the water going into the house, which is not going to solve the problem. 
what are you gonna do? <laughs> and of course, kill scene. And of course, chainsaw scene. Chainsaw. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, kid from kid from horror show, just like hanging out in the basement. He's like, oh look at this fucking chainsaw. Just picks it up like meh 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 meh, and then it just goes turns itself on and then goes fucking crazy and he can't let go of it for some reason. I don't know why you couldn't let go of it. I understand why you couldn't turn it off. Like, okay, that's <laughs> that's part of this kind of standard ghost magic, but why couldn't he just let go of it and it fell on the ground? <laughs> and then it could have chased him. That would have been fun. <laughs> Instead we get sort of the whoa, whoa! He's like cutting down. Fucking beams in the basement. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't I don't exactly understand how that scene's supposed to be scary when his acting is something akin to <laughs> uh something that you would see on like a Nickelodeon TV show it's... of some you know, some kid picked up the fire hose and it went out of control. Oh, oh my god, oh. like it. I think we gave up on this movie being scary a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and the fucking housekeeper has to show up with a crowbar to like. <laughs> she like fights it like it's like this is what would happen in like an Evil Dead movie where he's swinging the chainsaw around and she's fighting it with a crowbar. <laughs> uh, God, uh, this movie was a blast. I don't. It's not uh, good. It's, it's there's, fucking bonkers. There's no way I'm going to argue that this movie was good, but I have to admit I had a fucking great time watching it. <laughs> it was just insanity after insanity. It was just yeah. yeah like I mean, said, it said, it answers a very important cinematic question, and that is how many haunted lamps are appropriate in a film? And the answer is zero. Zero haunted <laughs> lamps. You're right. One was entirely too many. <laughs> What was that? That was my microphone. I got a gnat flying around me, and I was trying to grab it, and I hit my microphone. It did. I was going to say, did you mention in your description the priest shows up? They're kind of everyone's taking their turn doing battle with the lamp, and finally, somehow, Grandma nuts up and and just fucking <laughs> Hucka chucks oh. the fucking lamp out a window. Dude, that okay? So the climax of that movie, they're up in that <laughs> attic. And it's like the whole family is up there together battling this lamp, which isn't really doing anything except the lights are coming on and off. But <laughs> it's and then finally, grandma just picks up this lamp and throws it out the window and it's dragging the priest with it as it falls. <laughs> and somebody has to, like, use the axe, the axe that they had out to to fight the lamp, to chop the wire so the lamp can fall without dragging the priest out, which makes us we're led to believe that this lamp is light enough that grandma can pick it up and throw it, but heavy enough that if it's <laughs> hanging out the window of a house and it's tied to a priest, there's nothing that priest can do to stop himself from falling. <laughs> it's, the physics we, do not work on that one. We should I was also say, and once again, I had not realized through the whole movie that it was supposed to be on a cliffside. So she throws it out of the window and it just immediately falls down the side of a cliff into like yeah. some rocks on some waves and shit. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Did, was, did we just was... switch to a house movie? Did she just throw it into another fucking dimension? Yeah, I was going to mention like 
Yeah, this this house is obviously situated on a cliff, and I don't mean like oh, like you know, like you know, hundred yards away. Be careful! There, it drops off into a cliff. It literally the back of the house like is flat against a cliff. Yeah, a sheer cliff face. <laughs> that does not I, seem very structurally sound idea. I think if you if you do look into it, like rich people in California do live like this. <laughs> There's that giant cliff down, and there's always that little beach at the bottom of it. I don't know why, but that's how they do. Yes. Was and anyone else... Like... So when the, the lamp falls down there and hits, and then there's the ominous music playing, and there's the shots of the ocean, did anybody else kind of hope that the lamp was possessing the ocean? And that the next movie <laughs> was going to be about possessed water somehow? Amity Shark? Oh, see? Ah. It all comes around to your original, your original thought, Doug. Yeah, but then it's based off Amity from Jaws. I still, I still think that's kind of true. well. I mean, you almost get that at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah it's because... a cat though. It's not as fun. I'll, I'll tell you this. So, I, I usually have humorous outbursts at movies. When that cat was sitting there, and I was like, "They are not going to fucking do this," and that cat's eyes turned red, and I actually just yelled, "You motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair just, response. Just so yeah, clear. just I'm, well, seriously, fuck you, whoever whoever came up with that ending for this movie, fuck you right in your face. <laughs> oh come on, man! A possessed cat running amok in a small town in California—that's a great idea for a sequel. Amityville cat. <laughs> I don't know. It was just, it was the kind of like cheesy over the top 1970s ending that you would expect to be a parody in like a Simpsons episode. Yeah. It says the end question mark, which I don't understand though, because in a movie where the fucking evil escaped into a haunted lamp and then cummed itself into the electrical (laughs) system of a house so it could take over a chainsaw. I don't understand why this isn't the perfect ending to it. This ridiculous (laughs) over the top. Now it possessed a cat ending. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. I feel like in a movie that is nothing but jumping the shark, this is like they, they jumped the shark, jumping the shark. You know what I mean? (laughs) They like, they took riding on one shark as they jumped another shark. Is that what you're suggesting? That's that's what I'm saying. I mean, like Fonzie is jumping the shark and fucking Gandalf swoops in on a giant Eagle over his head. Like, ha ha. (laughs) It's like that character's not even in this show. (laughs) I, uh, so I bought this. I, I bought this, uh, box set that has the four Amityville furniture things okay. in it. And I watched the special features. I can't remember now. I think the ending may have been a reshoot, the stuff with the cat. Like they may have just like, oh, we needed something a little tack on. And I think the cat was what they decided, but I don't remember like what their point was. I'll have to see if the director talked about it on the special features. I don't think there is a point to that. Let's be honest. Oh no. I mean, it doesn't need one, but I'm just wondering if he's like, well, we thought if we did a sequel, maybe we would do the cat coming back or something. I can't even fucking remotely imagine that somebody had sequel in mind when this was made. (laughs) Well, they must have, because I think the sequel was released like a year after this. Yeah. And you think that that means they were thinking ahead? Or you think that that means that they know how to get movies done quickly? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so you can buy you can buy a box set of, of four 
furniture movies because I was like, I have the first three on DVD. I, I really need the other four to complete oh, yeah. the seven, the seven initial movie collections. Yeah, it's seven initial. What are we at to total? Like twelve now? Uh, probably films? something like that. So I'm curious. I need to go. I still need to watch the other three movies. I don't know. Do you though? <laughs> well, one of them's about a haunted mirror. So. That's not so bad. I can get behind a haunted mirror, but isn't one of them a haunted clock? No, one of them's a dollhouse. Oh, one of them is a clock. You're right. Yeah. The clock is the one. That's the one that made me not watch any of these until now. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that existed, and I'm like, well, I can't. And I I believe. And I believe the name of it is Amityville. It's about time. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Um, And And I haven't seen it, but I've heard somebody talk about it. And they said so, the very last line of the movie is someone looking over their shoulder and saying, it's about time. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for warning me not to watch that movie. Additional, additional motherfuckers. Uh, <clears throat> if that had been a cat looking over his shoulder in that movie, though, then I'd watch it. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, so I think we need Amityville Shark, like you had, had been mentioned. Does <laughs> oh. it re- does but does it replace its eyes with like the house the house window eyes? Because that would be amazing, just seeing that shark swimming around. Maybe maybe it's some kind of flying ghost shark that just like floats around the Amityville house. Who <laughs> knows? Uh, somebody puts in, somebody puts in a swimming pool at the Amityville house, and it just has a shark in it for no reason. <laughs> Makes about as much sense as Jody the pig. I want to ask you guys an important question about this movie, though, to get sure. us back on topic in here. So, like, the brother and sister move in; they're both going to be starting at the new high school, and they kind of set it up like there's some tension there where the kids don't really want to be moving in with grandma. And I guess, like, where I'm at... This, grandma like, definitely didn't want that. <laughs> yeah, Grandma did not want the kids there. The kids did not want to be with Grandma. Uh, grandma was a bitch the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, my question is, were you super relieved that the two teenagers didn't fuck? Because that was a nice change, I thought, for some <laughs> oh. <of the> previous <laughs> movies. Oh, man. I mean, this no. movie had everything, and that's the only thing it was missing. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have a nightmare tonight about that horrible fucking bobblehead thrust in his bizarre face, sister. <laughs> the sister ended up being kind of hot if you look at other other movies she was in. As she got older? Yeah. I, I'm just saying, maybe there was something going on. It's just like her cheekbones are way too fucking wide in the face for how far her chin sticks out in the front. She looked like she looked like a caricature drawing of herself. Well, part of that is probably just the weird '80s makeup and shit like that, too, right? Maybe Shar thought she was weird looking too. Yeah, but women are judgmental of other women. It's kind of what they do. Uh, that's true. <laughs> well, anything else about <laughs> how's? So Amityville 4 is like a really weird recommend. I totally recommend you see this. Just don't bother watching any of the other shitty Amityvilles. Just watch this one and be done. No. Yeah, honestly, it's probably like the first one I think I still think is a good movie. 
Um, I know you guys don't like it as much as I did, but I, I, I like that 70s style. Well, I just felt it was a little long, but I feel like on a different on a different day when I was in a different mood, I mean, I would probably enjoy it more. Yeah. Okay. But I, like, I think uh, this one is the most fun I've had watching an Amityville movie. It is just it is balls to the wall insanity. They know damn well they're making a movie about a fucking evil <laughs> fucking lamp, and they made the lamp look evil just so that nobody would ever accidentally not know what was going on. <laughs> You even have like the housekeeper character who's like constantly trying to get rid of the lamp just because it's so ugly. Just keep bringing up how ugly it is. <laughs> oh, the uh, so the daughter was also in uh, Night of the Demons two and Doctor Giggles. Mm, is she the girl from Doctor Giggles? Yeah, she's she's uh, identified as Normie. So not the main girl, because the main girl is blonde, <coughs> kind of that same 80s blonde haircut, too, but you're telling me it's a different yeah. girl. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember. Yeah, she's pretty, she's pretty far down the uh, down the cast list. On, okay. So she must be random victim, Dr. Giggles. It's still huh. an impressive resume. Yeah, she stopped doing stuff in 97. Apparently she was a dancer. Yeah. Good times. She didn't, I'm surprised they didn't write in a scene in this movie where she just randomly danced. I think that would have fit perfectly in this movie. <laughs> sure, why not? Um, all right, Noah. Since I know you, you said you were you were torn on House Four. <laughs> it is a it, it it is an enigma of a film, isn't it? <laughs> why Why don't you tell us about it? Okay, so. It's the guy from the first house movie who may or may not be the same character. Do they have the same name? Same name. It is the same character. Okay. So it is the character from the first movie. He is apparently remarried and now has a daughter. Uh, No mention of his son, who he's clearly completely abandoned. his (laughs) His daughter is 12 years old. This movie takes place six years after the first movie. So... Yeah. So okay. So he was. He's, he's inheriting so, another house. Let's start with that. Yep. So let's let's reset this. So he's a he's clearly a bigamist, right? And he had a secret <laughs> family this whole fucking time, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, Not that weird. He has inherited his dad's house, yeah. uh, which of course is a creepy old house that looks like it's in Sonoma. Maybe it's in the <laughs> desert somewhere. Sure. Looks like uh, uh, looks like the model house from Arrested Development. It's just like out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Apparently, he loves this house in a weird way, and we find out from an aged Native American person uh, that his father made some kind of a pack with the spirits and local Native American people that he would never sell the house because uh, the house was his grandfather made that pack. Isn't that what I said? You said father, but oh yeah, yeah, grandfather. Um. And the reason for that pact is that in in ye olden days, when the spirits roamed free uh, and did all things good, because Native American magic is all that is pure and good in the world in these weird hypothetical situations, uh, and then people brought 
progress. Ooh, spooky progress. And, and, and progress started like draining the spirit or killing the spirit or I don't, I don't fucking know. But they drove the spirit down to the ground and they put this ancient seal to protect and or contain it. It's basically so, the well from Amityville 3. Yeah, 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 it's basically the well, but it's got a creepy seal thing on top of it. Uh, the brother wants to sell the house to a land developer. Hint, hint, progress. What? Uh, but he doesn't want to sell. They get in their car. They're driving. They get into a car accident. He dies. And for some reason, instead of moving into wherever they were living before where they had lives and stuff, they get rid of that place and move into the moldering old mansion. Because <laughs> logic. Sure. Um, well, because women can't really own property, so come on. Uh, of course, I don't think we have to point out the fact that clearly the house is haunted, uh, both by the restless spirit of her dead husband and by some weird poltergeistery thingies that seem to just vanish halfway through the movie. Like, there's these asshole ghosts sure. that are actually causing problems, but, but halfway through they're like, no, it's the spirit of your husband. And it's like, oh, no, the ghosts are good now. <laughs> Especially the pizza ghost. Oh, we'll get to pizza ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, it turns out that the the brother is plotting against them, and he's sends some people to beat up his handicapped niece because Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's in a wheelchair from the accident, but they don't they don't really explain how she gets up the stairs and. Right, there's a whole lot of stairs, and not only is she in a wheelchair, she is in one of those old-school Victorian wheelchairs <laughs> that weigh a million pounds. I don't know if you've ever tried to move one of those old wheelchairs before, but it's a fucking nightmare. They they were made of, like, wrought iron. <laughs> <coughs> uh, yeah, so that's all going on. Then we find out that uh, apparently on a different movie set, they were making another movie made by full moon pictures, uh, with a, <laughs> with a diminutive, creepy, toxic waste producing chemical company <laughs> douchebag who wants to buy the house because they're aware of the spirit thingy and they want to destroy it because in some weird way, they're like the evil avatar of sludgy progress. <laughs> I don't know. I, once again, not, not fully explained. And, and I suppose they could also be a trauma villain. I mean, that's a very trauma ville esque. Oh, once we sure. exit the, the ghost house, uh, things escalate. Shit gets worse. Uh, of course the house and family have to do, battle with evil brother and his henchmen and uh the house is set on fire and we find out that the the seal is covering a, a spirit geyser is that what's up <laughs> i don't know yeah no i think when the uh... when the unfortunately <laughs> racist native american guy shows up the stereotypical like poor native american actors oh. are only allowed to play this type of role guy i thought you He's... meant he was a native american and he was racist like goddamn no. white people no, it's like a <laughs> it's like a racist portrayal of native americans where they're all okay. like magic and shit fair enough um 
I don't know how to describe it. There's probably a word for it, but he, uh, when he's describing like the deal between the grandfather and the tribe that donated the land to him as a wedding gift, um, he literally says that there was like a river there that they could, they could wash people in to do whatever the magic did. And they sealed it up so that white people would be able to get it when they were trying to take over the land. Oh, so he is racist. Well, no, so, he's not. He's uh, more like he's yeah. more like. Since you're going to steal our land, we're not going to give you our magic as well. No. I'm just no, saying. I'm... So I miss I miss that part of the conversation. So at least that makes spirit geyser make more sense. Yeah, I think it does make sense logically. Because at the end of the movie, the whole point is like the house is burning down, and the bad guys like, ha ha ha. You know, you may have stop me but the house will never be livable again and it's like oh yeah spirit geyser and it's like well okay you put out the fire but you just blew a giant hole through the middle of the fucking house and water yeah. damaged everything it's still unlivable <laughs> yeah quite possibly worse it's quite possibly worse than it was before <laughs> uh so <What>? so <laughs> So I can't tell. Did you like this movie? I have no idea what Noah thinks of this movie. Listen, <laughs> right? I like I like parts of this movie. And then other parts, I'm like, this is so fucking bad. Like <laughs> So the parts the parts where nothing's happening, which is a lot. There's a lot of this yeah. movie just like I don't I don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're just wasting time and the story is not progressing and all that. But when stuff does happen, you're like, no, okay, no, I'm into this. Like the uh, the weird dog lamp. I was into that. I was like, that's weird and dumb, but I'm okay with this. Uh, sure. Pizza, pizza ghost? I was all about pizza ghost. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, pizza I think, ghost. I think universally we're all going to agree on pizza ghost. I don't think that's an issue. <laughs> Can you describe pizza ghost in great detail for the listeners, please, Noah? <laughs> so, so they order a pizza. The guy shows up. Apparently they are forced to do a horrible song and dance thing. Uh. Pizza, which is so demeaning. As someone who's yeah. delivered pizza in his life, <laughs> if someone told me I had to do that, I would literally drop everything in my hands at that exact moment and walk away and never return. Yeah, be like, we are done. <laughs> uh, so they carry the pizza into the house, and the little girl is singing the pizza song. Which is uh, pretty catchy. I'll give her that. Which is pretty catchy, but we hear a deep, grumbly voice also singing the pizza song <laughs> coming from the table. The mom opens the box, and the pizza has a human face. <laughs> and I can't remember what it says, but it says something dumb. And she starts freaking out. She closes it, and then she turns around to the daughter. She's like, I'm going to show you something. Don't freak out. I just need me to, like, and she opens it, and the little girl's like, ew, anchovies! <laughs> Which is actually a pretty well-written joke. Yep. <laughs> I did. I did, I'll, I'll go on the record and say I did not like this movie. But that particular scene, <laughs> fucking singing pizza. How do you not get behind that? How do you yeah. not get behind a singing pizza? Oh, to follow As a it standalone up. moment. The best. The best thing is yet to come because she takes the pizza back and then she's convinced that you know she just hallucinated for a second and she opens it and of course the face is there and it's like and he just spits pizza sauce on her. <laughs> And then she 
she dumps the whole pizza into the sink and proceeds to like jam it with a spoon into the food disposal unit. <laughs> <coughs> Fucking uh, yeah. So, so you didn't like this, Doug? No. Sounds like Noah's fifty-fifty, at least twenty-five Man. seventy-five. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so the the parts the parts that I enjoy, I enjoyed a lot, but this movie is a confusing confuddled fucking mess that's it's basically what well, we were talking on discord i basically see it as three different movies jammed into one <laughs> it's like a cheesy made for tv haunted house movie trying to be night nightmare on elm street with the special effects and for some reason all the bad guys are from trauma or full moon <laughs> yeah, yeah. That- that was my biggest complaint about it was not so much that any of it was done poorly. There are elements of it that are done poorly, but I can live with that. It's the fact that it felt like two completely different movies, at least where one is like this house movie and one is this trauma movie and they've just mixed them together. And then there's just like the brother is just this like character that can jump back and forth between universes. (laughs) <laughs> where he's just like sometimes he's hanging out with these cartoonish trauma villains and then he comes back into our somewhat real world and hangs out there for a little while and then he goes back and forth and when he brings his henchmen in it's like cartoon characters walking around our real house and i'm like but that's i don't think that's oh. what this movie's supposed to be i also so almost almost equal to pizza ghost uh i thoroughly fucking enjoyed the scene where the two henchmen go into the basement to set the place on fire and apparently one of them's afraid of snakes and the other one's afraid of bugs. <laughs> and the house just like fucking trolls them into killing each other. And that scene's so drawn out. They shoot each other like fucking 15 or 20 times a piece. <laughs> and then they take, they take a break, realize it's each other. And then they're like, oh no, I, I shot my friend. And then it, like, it's like, no, back to the hallucination. And they're like, ah, they start shooting again. <laughs> Uh, so everybody knows I'm a huge continuity snob. I like, <laughs> I like co- continuity to make sense. So, so this movie drives me fucking crazy <laughs> because I love that first movie so much. And then you get here and you're like, and this is before, like, you know, you had really any chance to like, cause I completely missed this when it was originally released on video. So I was like, oh, there's a house four and fucking William Cat comes back. Holy shit. Like, I need to see this movie. And, you know, you couldn't find it anywhere. And so I finally, like, bought a bootleg of it on DVD. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I'm going to finally watch house four. And then I put it in and this is the movie. And I'm just like, this makes no goddamn sense. It's a direct follow-up. What don't what don't you understand? <laughs> oh, the, guy's just, the same guy is inheriting a different house. He has a different family, of course, because when you inherit, inherit a different house, you have a different family. Yeah. <sighs> oh my god, I was so <laughs> angry at this movie. <laughs> yeah. So it's not an unreasonable <laughs> response, I guess. If you were hoping for continuity, to be fair though, if you were hoping for continuity from the house series at this point, that's kind of on you. Well, right? when they say it's a follow-up, it's the same character. It's a direct you, follow-up to the first one. You hope. Was he even a writer in this one? They didn't even mention it. I was going to say, I, I read a ton of reviews about this movie just because I was like, I just really want to see what people say about this. 
And besides the fact that people are very confused about House 3, the biggest complaint, and I saw this over and over again, is people were raving fucking mad that there was nudity and blood in this movie. What? What? That's what yeah. the complaint was. Yeah, they were like, the other ones managed to be these great movies without nudity and blood and swear words, and I can't believe that they put nudity and blood and swear words in this one. Well, and, I didn't watch and, the third and, one. And, what well, about the fact that it was see, shitty? A lot of people That's... argue that the third one isn't the third one. Yeah, I know. Alright. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think your complaint about this movie has to be how bad it is. And then if you want to, after you're done complaining about that, if you want to complain about the boobs, you can, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, I will be 100% honest. I think that uh, watching a shitty movie like this, a uh, set of boobs is deserved. Like, <laughs> give, <laughs> well, give me a set of boobs. You've wasted enough of my time. Where's to be fair, like. I, the director obviously agrees with you because obviously the actress was not willing to show her boobs and they had to hire stunt boobs, but they went that extra mile for you. No. Right. <laughs> Cause it's like Good the classic, him. like, look, it's her whole face without being able to see her boobs. And then we'll cut away and cut back to just the boobs and cut away and cut back to where we can see her face again. <laughs> yeah. That was also a pretty good scene. I liked the uh, blood shower. Yeah, I thought that was just just because I I I, le- I really liked how kind of uh, gruesome it was whenever she got out, not being able to see. So like the towels are all soaked in blood and stuff. Yeah, pretty awesome. <laughs> like I said, the moments I I feel like I feel like all of the stuff that is haunted house stuff that goes on in this movie I find thoroughly entertaining. Mm-hmm. I agree, but, I, I don't, but the I rest of it like that part, yeah. Yeah, but the rest of it is no bueno. I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I can even uh, get a little bit of enjoyment about weird full moon bad guy, but that's just because I like those weird I, villains that are so fucking over the top and don't make any goddamn sense. But I, at the same time of enjoying that, it didn't belong in this movie. Yeah, I just, I, know. Yeah. I also they, know they only had William Cat for two days mm-hmm. to shoot, and and while he's not in a lot of the movie. The f- he's in very different scenes each time. So, man, they must have had him on a crazy running ass schedule to get all those scenes. <laughs> yeah, if they only had him for two days, they got him a lot. Yeah. It's, you know, it's really hurt. Too bad they hurt his legacy as an actor. <laughs> what he was doing, but. Uh, God damn this fucking movie. <laughs> I will yeah. tell you also, while looking up stuff about this movie, I discovered something. Old William Cat looks a whole lot like Richard Branson. It's fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <coughs> uh, anything else before we move on? I don't know. I, yeah, I'd say my biggest complaint about the movie just not, none of us are recommending that anybody watch it. No. My biggest reason being that it's just that the shift in tones from like everything that goes on in the house to everything that goes on with the villains. It's just, it's too much. It's unacceptable. And yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I disagree. I'm, I'm going to recommend people watch this film. What? But not, but not watch it by themselves. This is a group of people you have a conversation while you're watching the movie. So that 
you can gloss over the parts that aren't good. Because I, this movie is almost worth watching for Pizza Ghost. Almost. I mean, Pizza Ghost is pretty fucking fantastic. I feel like you can find that on YouTube and not watch the movie for it. I don't think it's worth it. I don't. Like, if you're going to watch it with a group of people, make sure it's a group of people you don't like. That's my advice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe Pizza Pizza Ghost, the basement shooting scene, and maybe the scene where they drain the pus out of the villain's neck hole and then pour it into that guy's mouth. (laughs) That was gross. See, in a trauma movie, I probably would have thought that's (coughs) what scenes but the fact that you're not in a trauma movie leading up to that moment is like makes it just feel i don't know gross and yucky and not enjoyable yeah it's real weird like i said it does not belong in this movie it belongs in a different movie yeah like they drain like pus out of a midget's neck and force it down a man's throat and you're like i don't you can't just jump to that that can't you you gotta lead up to a moment like that I also enjoy the scene after that where they're back at the uh, brother's apartment and he's like brushing his teeth and he keeps having to go back in there to brush his teeth again over and over. He's like, ah! <laughs> I thought that was delightful. We didn't even mention the housekeeper that works for the <laughs> FBI. Oh yeah, her. Okay. So <laughs> that, whole, that, that minor subplot. <laughs> here's, here's my problem. I totally get that the FBI might get involved with this weird scheme to steal these people's property and develop into it into evil timeshares or whatever the fuck the plan is. I don't I don't know. But she shows up way too early in the film for that to be justified. Nobody knew the brother's death was a murder. Everyone thought it was an accident. They don't just send an undercover FBI agent to chill with a mom and her daughter in fucking the middle of nowhere for no reason. <laughs> or do they? <coughs> or do they? You don't know. Yeah, I. That whole thing was stupid. I didn't like any of it, so I was just pretending. We, I was hoping we would not talk about it. <laughs> it's a fucking dumb waste of time subplot about the <laughs> FBI being involved in the Haunted House movie. I didn't need that. Well, and at the same time, they use it for an excuse for the house to cause the use a haunting hallucination to make the brother confess to the FBI when he thinks he's talking to the horrible little. uh, What's the guy's because the guy's name's ridiculous, too. His name's like gross and or something, right? Oh, I have no idea. No, I'm not learning characters names in this movie. Yeah, this movie does not warrant me remembering character names. I think the evil, uh, the evil little dude with the neck hole. I think his name is actually like Grossman, which is how literal this fucking movie is. Mister Grosso, Grosso. There it is. Awesome. It's a really. I'm really glad they did that. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a bad movie. Pizza Ghost. Get yourself some pizza, Ghost. You won't regret it. If you can order pizza from a place and they will deliver you a pizza that sings to you and has a human face. And tries to pull your hand into a food disposal unit with, like, a cheese lasso. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the midnight drive-in at gmail.com.
Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. We do have one small piece of feedback. We do. Um, on the website, geeknerdery.com, where we host this podcast. On the House 2 and Amityville 2 episode, <laughs> J- Jeanette posted, you do know Amityville 2 is supposed to be a prequel to the first movie, don't you? The events in this movie took place before the Lutzes moved in. It was, wasn't that the whole episode? I feel, like, I feel like we covered a lot of that in the episode. I, but I mean, yeah, but do you she, blame anybody for not listening to us, though? Oh, no. Yeah, I mean that's that's so random. I I have to assume she made the comment before listening to the episode, or maybe made the left the comment without listening to the episode at all. Maybe. <laughs> Honestly, commenting on the website is a better use of her time than listening to us. So uh, that's that's probably true. <laughs> that's not true at all. Uh, the uh, the website is the only, our podcast is the only thing on it because. Geek Nerdery is pretty much just dried up, so. Well, <sighs> there are other podcasts going on? Yeah, there are, but none of them post on the website. They just post directly to their uh, feed, so, uh, you know. All right. All right, well, rather than being sad, what did everybody watch this week? Noah, you, you were sick today, so I know you watched a shit ton of stuff. Right, right. So I didn't, I didn't watch much this week, but I watched a whole bunch today. Uh, so I finally watched, um, uh, the babysitter follow-up, uh, whatever it's called. Killer queen. Killer queen. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. I feel like it lacks the, I don't know, some of the charm of the first one. Cause I feel like the first one was clever. And I feel yeah. like this one is silly, if if that makes sense. Like one one person's body gets crushed with a rock, like Roadrunner style. Yeah. Which is I don't I don't know. It's fucking I dumb. I don't see and, how you could possibly view that as a criticism, though. Because nothing triggers it. It just like happens, and it's a bad special effect. I don't it's I don't know. Mediocre special effect. Yeah, that in in certain things like when. Uh, the girlfriend and the end boss lady are fighting it, like changes into a fighting game. And, you know, she's doing ridiculous backflip kicks and all this kind of stuff. I just, I just thought all that, that overly stylized stuff is kind of fucking dumb. I, I, I don't understand the addition of that to the previous film, which, which was funny and, and great for the fact that it, it took those hard swerves from comedy to just grotesque fucking violence all of a sudden. And in this one, I feel like it's, I don't know, maybe they evil dead toot it. They decided to go way heavier on the comedy end than anything. I didn't mind the story. And I thought some of the characters were like fun to play with again. Like I really like shirtless douchebag. Yeah. He's he's probably the best character. At the at the end of the movie, whenever he's dying, and he's like, "Fuck yeah, you got some." I ain't even mad, bro. That's <laughs> yeah, good stuff. 
but yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if I'd recommend it or not because I really, really, really love the first one, and I just thought the second one was meh. Uh, uh, I don't. Re- I don't really remember <laughs> super enjoying the first one, so I haven't even checked the second one out yet. Really, man, I really liked the first one. See, I, I don't think I was as high on the first one as you are, but I'm not as negative on the second one as you are. So I think that's must just be a taste of expectations. Yeah. Uh, then after that, I watched, uh, he never died, which is a interesting, like kind of character piece about a super powered individual (laughs) played by Hillary Rollins. Uh, have you guys seen that one? It's been on my list. I haven't. Yeah. I saw it a while ago. Uh, so I I don't know I I'm gonna I'll try to do this as spoiler free as I can, which it's kind of hard because basically the whole movie's just reveals you know what I mean it's just one reveal after another. Basically, you have this guy who seems to live a very odd life. He just doesn't do very much. He sleeps ninety percent of the time, and then goes out and he like plays bingo three or four times a week eats at the same diner every day and he has a gigantic chest full of money. Mm -hmm. Um, You kind of follow him as he meets up with a person who's clearly a medical intern who's selling him something under the table. Hint, hint, wink, wink. It's probably, it's probably people bits, if you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, And then is as the show goes on, it's it's really weird. He almost at first he seems almost like he's autistic or something. You know, he doesn't say much more than one or two words ever. Uh, but it ramps up as the story progresses, and basically you find out that he is a superhuman badass who can fuck people up. And then the there's kind of a reveal of who he actually is at the end of the movie and stuff. And I'm not going to spoil all that, no. but yeah. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was interesting. It doesn't. It doesn't have a very traditional plot structure, right? Because it's. It's. It's really just. Like I said, it's. It's one hundred percent a character piece. It's all just reveals about who this guy is over time, and mm-hmm. and that's it. Like, and then at the end, he 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 fucks a bunch of shit up, and the movie just kind of ends. And then mm-hmm. I was kind of intrigued by it because. Because like I said, I I enjoyed it, but I was a little on the fence with it because of the lack of story. So I checked out the sequel and or reboot, depending on who you ask. To me, it seems an awful lot like it's a sequel, uh, which is called She Never Died, which is essentially the same thing. uh, Same type of person. She clearly is the same thing that he is but this one has to do with a human smuggling ring that's uh basically doing snuff porn and stuff on the dark web and uh her and a cop that's kind of going rogue and this prostitute that she saves from one of these human traffickers uh kind of are set on a collision course with these human smugglers and of course fuck everybody up Mm. And of course, once again, there's a reveal at the end of who she is. 
Uh, And then there's a secondary reveal at the end suggesting that maybe these characters are leading up to a separate story where maybe these super beings are going to have to team up against another set of super beings. Hmm. But once again, I don't want to, I really don't want to spoil it. Although there, there aren't a lot of plot points. It's hard, it's hard to explain when, when 100% of a movie is about the characters, it's hard to fucking talk about without spoiling everything. Cause if you say anything about the characters, it fucking ruins it. But yeah, hmm. uh, I, I enjoyed both of them. And I really hope they follow it up because it looks like it's going to, the sequel could be really fucking cool. Especially if they bring Rollins back. I fucking love Henry Rollins. Yeah, Henry Rollins is pretty rad. Yeah, he, that's, he's what I remember about that movie really liking is his performance, which is, I don't know how much of a performance it is, as much as just his natural charisma. So. Well, Henry Rollins does this really good, and, and I think it's part of his, uh, his litany as a punk performer that he could go from very subdued and very intelligent and introspective to looking like he'll rip your fucking head off in about two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And that's perfect. It's a perfect for the role. Like it just, he nails it. Yeah. yeah. It's more, like, more a case of good uh, casting than it is about good acting per se. Can... Right what he brings to the role fits that role. Perfectly. Yeah. So yeah, it was awesome. Um, yeah, right. I, I recommend them. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if other people will enjoy them as much as I did, but I mean, I don't know. I kind of enjoy those characters that are just super badasses and fucking destroy people. <laughs> it's, it's like John wick, but more of a horror end to it mm-hmm. uh and then after that i watched uh uh you cannot kill david arquette mm-hmm. which which brian had talked about so i i won't give you guys the full description and stuff basically david arquette becomes a a wrestler it's a documentary <laughs> man it really does it hits you on all the feels is is an arquette fan and a wrestling fan yep there are a few times that I was like, huh? <laughs> yeah. When his, yeah. when his, when his wife shows up at the final match, I was like, huh? uh, trust <laughs> me, I fucking lost it. So yeah, I was like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So I, have you seen please. it yet, Doug? No, no, I, I really need to. <laughs> you do. Just needs to show up on one of the free streaming services so my cheap ass will watch it. <laughs> yeah. Now I rented it and then as soon as it was over I bought it because I yeah. loved it that much. Yeah, it was it was it was really it's a it's a solid documentary and I don't I don't know. I'm a sucker for those kind of like redemption stories. Mm-hmm. Even though he technically really had nothing to redeem himself about. I mean some people, I think, go kind of overboard with shit like that, like well, blaming him for a bunch of stuff, and it's like that's not his fault. Like, yeah, like, I don't. He, he told them not to give him the belt, and they did it anyway. Yeah, I don't think it's about. See, I don't think it's about him redeeming 
Well, maybe it is. I was going to say, I don't think it's necessarily about him redeeming himself, but that's that's not entirely true because with the drugs and the, or the drugs, the alcohol and the smoking and, yeah, and, you know, losing the weight and all that kind of stuff, that's, that's kind of on him. But I was going to, I always thought it was more of a redemption arc in the fact that he's, you know, showing everybody, no, I really, you know, that's not who I am, you know. Yeah, for sure. Although, man, I just, you know, I don't know if they did it strictly because they were doing the documentary and they wanted to like put some, uh, put some spice on it, Mm -hmm. but why the fuck were they tossing him into all those hardcore matches? I think he wanted to do them. I think he requested a death match, which is the big one that he did that he got super hurt during. Right. I don't, I just, man, I, I've come, I've come way around on those. Cause I think whenever I was really young, I used to kind of like be like, yeah, Mick Foley, you know, yeah, throw him on the thumbtacks. Yeah. And, and I've, I've done a complete 180. I, that shit's barbaric. Like there's no reason why those matches should still be happening. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I and just, I think it's, I think it's adorable that you think throwing them on the thumbtacks is, is it when you see them like busting fucking light bulbs over each other's heads and shit in this movie. Right, right, right. It's like if it was just thumbtacks, they'd be like, oh, okay, well, all right. Yeah, yeah, but the, like I said, those those matches and stuff, I just don't, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't get how people could like. I like the artistry and all that kind of stuff of wrestling. I'm not watching yeah. wrestling to see someone get hurt. Yeah. Quite the opposite. I get upset whenever I see a wrestler actually get injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I personally, I, I don't like the hardcore stuff. I think it's cool. I hope nobody gets hurt for real hurt, but yeah, but I was see the problem is those hardcore matches. They are for real getting hurt. Like, yeah. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like a barbed wire I mean, match? Those are insane. Those are nuts. Yeah, barbed wire matches are pretty crazy, but thumbtacks, for example, are just... I mean, that's that hurts pretty bad. It hurts. it hurts, but it's not permanent damage. It's Lots of people take a, a little bit of pain for their art, and that's how they choose to do it. Yeah. I liked him getting the, the tattoo of Santo while he was in Mexico. <laughs> of course I thought that was pretty dope all the stuff with them wrestling in traffic I thought was pretty awesome You're right right. and really. I've, I've seen videos of that happening like <laughs> like since then I didn't know that was a thing but yeah it's almost yeah. like pan- panhandling wrestling yeah, they just a... sit in the intersection and wrestle while the light's red seriously? yeah, yeah. it's fantastic yeah, yeah and then nuts. they go around to the cars and collect money yeah, that's like one of his tests. He has to participate in this in this wrestling match in a crosswalk and then go up to the cars to collect the tips afterwards. Man, the while they're doing it, I don't I didn't pick up on what their names was, but these two luchadors do this set that's just nothing but reversal after reversal after reversal. But they're doing it on fucking asphalt. And I don't know, there's just something so psychotically dangerous about that that you're like, oh, ooh, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, if one of them misses, they're going to break their head on the concrete. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So that was that was super, super enjoyable. Uh, and then the last thing I watched. Well, I guess actually that's not the last thing I watched because I watched something else. <laughs> um, 
but I watched. Uh, God damn it! Now I'm gonna forget the name of it. Beyond the Curve, the Flat Earther documentary thing. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. good lord! I watched which that been, a while ago. Yeah, which I've been meaning to watch for a long time. In holy fuck, that's sad. It's depressing, isn't it? <laughs> it's kind of why I'm nervous to watch it because I'm already sad enough. Did you know fucking AJ Styles is a flat earther? No, I did not. Uh, yeah, apparently Randy Orton was on uh, some podcast. <laughs> Started and he was talking. He was talking about how he makes fun of AJ Styles all the time because he's a flat earther. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And he's like, oh yeah, he's into all these like conspiracy stuff. Like if you you play him in any sort of conspiracy, he's always just like, oh shit, like. You know, he can't believe it or whatever. And I'm just like, fuck. I actually enjoyed AJ Styles, but he's obviously a fucking moron. Yeah, the biggest the biggest one that got me is there's one of the people they follow is this uh, YouTube podcaster chick. And at one point, they go on this tangent about how the Flat Earth movement kind of got split into two camps. Because this other guy started another conspiracy that he thinks the other half of the flat earthers are in on the conspiracy and that they're providing false flat earth stuff to hide the flat earth. Good Lord. Right. So, but she sits there and she goes on this, it's gotta be five and a half minute tear of there's nothing you can do to prove them otherwise. She's like, I've given them my birth certificate. They'll say it's fake. I show them for uh, photographs of me as a kid. They say they're fake. You know, you, you do all this stuff, no matter what you do, it's fake. And, and, and all this kind of stuff. And she's basically saying all the stuff that she does on a daily basis on this podcast and gets through it to the, all the way to the end. And she says, you know, sometimes it makes me worry that maybe I'm one of those people doing that. (laughs) <laughs> and then she and then she immediately goes, but I I know for a fact I'm right. So it, that's that can't be right. So what I think is true. And and, and it's like for fuck's sakes. I was I, I just don't I don't get how you can be introspective to the point of actually seeing the problem and then going, but that doesn't apply to me. <laughs> like Yeah. It's fucked up. It's like the scene in that documentary where the guys are doing the test to prove the Earth is flat, and their test proves that the Earth is round, and they immediately start, well, we must have fucked up our test. Like, they get really down on themselves for screwing up the test, yeah, rather yeah. than now accepting we, now the we've, results. And it's now we, like, need to put uh, it in a, we need to put it in a gauze chamber, and the, and the gauze chamber will protect it from the heavenly energies that that caused it to go wrong and they do it again and they prove that the earth is flat or prove that the earth is round and then they talk about they spend a ton of money building a bismuth <sighs> cylinder to do it again and they're going to unveil their you know flat earth proof at this convention you get to the convention and suspiciously they don't mention it at all and i, I, I don't d- think it's very suspicious at all <laughs> oh Oh, it's really good, too. I did some reading, and apparently, you know, whenever they pulled it out, of course, it showed 15% again. And they didn't announce that. They never publicly released their findings to the Flat Earth community. And then they went into their own websites 
and scrubbed every mention that they were doing that test. Yeah. It's just, <sighs> which is just bonkers. I don't fucking get it, man. Like the, the part, like really early on in that documentary where they're talking about like the proof that the earth's flat and somebody mentioned something about the planes never going in the, the one direction to go around. And then it immediately clips to one of the documentarians just like at an internet cafe just calls up like a thing where you can follow flights. And she's like, there's the plane going over here and here it is coming around the other side. So I guess we solved that problem. And it's just like, it's so, it's of all of the weird conspiracy stuff that the flat earth one is the one that I just, how can you possibly believe it? I don't, I don't know. Cause you have to go way out of your way to believe it. Because you just go outside, go out to the country, drive out of any major city, and look, and there's a horizon. Why do you think that is? <laughs> like, it's <laughs> it's literally, you can prove it to yourself in moments. You know? I, really li- I really liked the dudes trying to do the uh, test on the water, too, where the first time they completely fuck it up, and then the documentary ends with them doing it again, and they've rejiggered it to make it work and there's a like okay so we've got a light set at 17 feet or 17 and a half feet shining through this hole and then this far away there's this hole at the same height and we've got the camera set up at 17 feet down here so when you shine light through this camera should be able to see that light at 17 feet if it's solid at 23 feet that would mean the earth is curved and they have the guy shine it and they go, we don't see anything. And he goes, I don't know, try, hold it up. And so he holds it way up above his head, and all of a sudden they see it. And it's like, yeah, that's because you were at 17 and a half feet, and you just held, held it up to 23 feet, which is exactly what you said would yeah. predict that there's a curve. And and then they were like, no, clearly we did something wrong. <laughs> it's... it's <laughs> Yeah, it, it's just it, insane. It happens time and time again where somebody like they go to do those tests and they prove themselves <laughs> wrong. And except ex- instead of accepting that they're wrong, they assume they made a different mistake. Like it's so weird. Right. So I I don't know. I I recommend it. I feel like I feel like some of the messaging in that documentary is very healthy too because they kind of end it on this note of listen, all this stuff's really dumb, but everyone needs to stop talking to these people like they're dumb because you're never, ever, ever going to get them to change their minds by being a dick. Yeah, but on the other hand, fuck those people. Yeah. No, I understand. It's, it's a tough one. Because right. they're, they're probably not going to change their mind no matter what you say to them. So you might as well be a dick to them because they deserve it. Right. And I, I just don't understand how all those people don't recognize the fact that Mark fucking Sargent is just a straight up narcissist. Yeah. I mean, like, it's incomparable. If if that dude was given free reign, th- he would be like Jonestown. He, a whole bunch of people would be fucking dead in the woods somewhere because of that crazy psycho. At least his arc, I understood. Like, he bought more and more into it as he got more and more, like, positive feedback from claiming the Earth was flat. Right. Like, that's when he, like, he doubled down 
because he was being rewarded for his behavior. Yep. Compared to all these other people who are just like having to hide their views from people and make themselves feel worse in order to stand by this weird belief. Yep. Uh, and then the only other thing I watched is I finally finished season two of Umbrella Academy. Oh yeah. And it was it was good. Um, I don't I don't quite know if it was as good as the first season. Yeah. Um, the problem I guess that I have with it, which is not a huge problem, um, but it's something that uh, that that show Heroes suffered from back in the day, is <clears throat> so the first season is all these people coming together fight you know whatever stop the end of the world or whatever and then the first thing they do at the beginning of the second season is they pretty much just spread everybody out and bring them all back together again and that kind of that kind of gets old it's like you don't need to like keep like you know throwing them out and bringing them all back together again that's just kind of redundant there was some of that in this season for me right I don't, I don't know. And some of the, uh, I just, every once in a while, some of the characters' motivations seem to defy understanding. Yeah. Like, Klaus's treatment of Ben doesn't make any fucking sense at, at any time. Like, I don't, he's just so abusive toward that character all the time. But the big reveal at the end is that, you know, he loved him and he wanted him there. And it's like, well, then, then why? fucking do everything you can to make him miserable 24 hours a day sure i think it's just klaus being klaus i don't know hopefully the handler stays dead that character fucking grates on my nerves (laughs) yeah (coughs) uh all right what about you doug Uh, let's see a couple of rewatches because it's halloween still making my way through a bunch of horror movies unnecessarily. Um, you say un- unnecessarily. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's October. I feel like I have to watch as many horror movies and stuff as possible. And then I'm like, geez, I'm really rushing through these. <laughs> uh, I rewatched uh, scary stories to tell in the dark, which is like, uh, I don't know, pretty good Halloween movie. I recommend it to people. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I thought it was it's, all right. Uh, I didn't like the, uh, the way the stories were presented, I guess. But I thought it was fine. They were trying to do the trick or treat thing where they have an anthology without having an anthology. Yeah. And uh, I think that kind of works for a Halloween movie. The big thing for me is that they did a really good job of capturing the atmosphere, which I think the original books have, which is like these very sort of kid friendly stories told in a way that are scary as shit to children <laughs> and even mildly scary to adults. Yeah. I think they, really, they really sort of captured that in the movie, and I think it's more my <coughs> might be more my love for the books and my remembering reading those books when I was way too young that makes me like the movie. Where I'm just like, yeah, it really feels like they captured the spirit of the books, which is a tough thing to do. Yeah, that I can agree with. I thought all the visual effects were amazing. So yeah. That, the, the visual effects are really good. Like I say, the atmosphere really works. The storyline they intertwine there—it's um, a little 
it's well first of all it's weird that they have a storyline at all instead of just making this an anthology film and then secondly it's it feels like that storyline is more designed for a younger audience that we won't be able to relate to there's a little bit of bad force i hate i hate to be the guy that says it but just like that wokeness that's in there where i'm just like obviously that's for kids who are a little younger who want to see that in their horror movie versus me who would be content to just edit it out and not discuss those issues just <laughs> let's let's get to the killer scarecrow kind of thing um but whatever it it is what it is and uh i thought it i don't know i, I was i was pretty happy with how it held up after having not uh, seen it since theaters so. yeah i don't i i'd recommend it if you haven't seen that one and you're looking for a good like halloweeny movie mm-hmm. yeah i have a documentary about the uh the books that i need to watch <laughs> Yeah, I've looked at that a couple of times. I haven't gotten around to watching it yet. Oh. I think I forget which streaming service has it up, where I'm just like, yeah, it seems like a good use of my time. But I've also considered just rereading the books, but then I just keep going back yeah. to watch movies. So. <laughs> um, and the other rewatch I did this week was a... Uh, it's the only drama film that I rewatch at Halloween time every year. It's a movie called Lightning Bug. I'm sure I've told you guys about it before. Oh, yeah. I fucking love this movie. Um, basically, for anyone who hasn't heard me talk about it before, it's it's the story about a kid who wants to be a makeup artist in movies and growing up in a an area where that is not seen as a viable skill and being drastically mistreated by church people who think he's a Satanist and people who think you should develop it just a more of a traditional trade or whatever. Uh, and it's just, it's just extremely well executed. The characters are great. The atmosphere is good. There's enough stuff in there that kind of like just feeds into it being a movie that's obviously made for horror fans where there's just certain shots where the, that could be right out of a horror movie and all that. Uh, but yeah, there's just enough humor mixed into it, which is enjoyable. There's uh, a Donald Glib cameo that makes no goddamn sense that I really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that movie. Uh, it was made by Robert Hall, who's like a special effects at Chrome Skull movies. Yeah, he made That's... the Chrome Skull, and then apparently the movie's based off his real life. Ish, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sexy bitches are my favorite kind of bitches. <laughs> Thank you. That needed to be done. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, considering the the main character in this movie kind of causes some deaths, the uh, <laughs> Robert Hall's very careful about saying this is not an autobiographical film, but it is kind of inspired yeah. by his life growing up in a small town and trying to figure out how to become a makeup special effects guy when everybody wants you to go work at the chicken plant. Um, so I don't know. People yeah, I've, ne- I've never seen it, but I've always heard it talked about very positively. Yeah, it's one of those ones I saw at like a festival, and it was. Like literally, um, you know, like writer director Robert Hall walked up to me and was like, "You gonna come in and see this movie?" And I'm like, "I guess." <laughs> and I wandered in. <laughs> I watched it. And I was I, the first time I saw it. I was like mesmerized by how good it is. I really I loved it from the minute I like I bought. I literally went from the screening up to one of the video stores and bought a DVD copy of it, which I still watch. And. Uh, uh. It was like, I remember like walking up to him and I'm like, I want to tell this guy how good his movie was, but I don't.
don't even know the words for it. I like, shook his hand. I'm like, that was really good. And I'm like, that's not, I should have said something better than that. I'm like, this movie deserves <laughs> better than that. That's what you say to every fucking guy that's waiting at the door after a screening of a movie. Um, <laughs> but it was like, yeah, people should watch it if you haven't seen it. And, you know, I should enjoy the Skull movies too. I think the guy's overall just, I don't know what he's done since then. I should probably look into that. Might be stupid. Mm-hmm. Back to doing makeup effects and stuff. Um, anyways, what else did I watch this week? That's the next follow-up question, isn't it? I don't know. Oh, oh, shit gets weird at this point. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so I was playing around on 2B, trying to find something to watch, just flipping through the horror movies, and it came across a film called Blue My Mind. That's blue like the color, my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, wow, this doesn't look very good. I'm not going to watch this. And I'm like, oh, it's from uh, speaking of, uh, Lightning Bug is on Tubi if anybody wants to check it out. Don't believe it is here. So it's on Tubi in the US. <coughs> Anyways, so I wasn't going to watch this movie because it didn't look interesting to me at all. But it, it, it's from Switzerland, and I've never seen a movie from Switzerland before. And sometimes stuff like that is enough to get me to go, yeah, whatever, I'll hit play. Um, so the movie starts out and it's just even though it was in the horror section of 2B the first like solid half hour it's just about this girl who moves to a new school and is trying to get to know the cool kids and stuff and I'm like well I don't really want to watch a coming of age story about a 15 year old girl this isn't very interesting to me at all Um, but then conveniently one day when she gets home family living room and just eats the family goldfish really out of the blue (laughs) and i'm like all right well that's now you've got my attention for a few more minutes um and it kind of goes on like that where just weird shit starts happening and eventually her body starts to like she wakes up one morning and some of her toes are like sticking together so she goes to a doctor and it's like the fuck and the doctors like that doesn't make any sense how can that happen overnight and i guess spoiler alert the movie ends up being about this girl who is gradually turning into a mermaid say mermaid i said mermaid all right no was coughing i I missed the last Uh, one i apologize (laughs) so yeah the movie really goes back and forth between like standard like teen girl coming of age storyline about you know she meets boys and she's trying to fit in with the cool kids and you know she doesn't want to be one of the nerdy kids but then also she's turning into a mermaid in the background <laughs> gradually as um, you do yeah and it's fucking weird and i don't know I don't know. Like I just, it was one of those. Like I, I almost turned it off several times because I just don't particularly have an interest in watching a coming of age story about like a fifteen year old girl. But then every now and again, all of a sudden she'd be developing new scars on her legs and be like, "Ooh, how's that going to play out?" Oh no! Now her whole lower body is all scarred up and gross and starting to like something's happening here. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> And all of a sudden, like, towards the end, I'm like, oh, shit, she's going to be a mermaid, isn't she? And 
yep, sure enough, the movie literally ends with like her friend that she's made throughout the movie driving her to the ocean and letting her off. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> uh, all right, I guess. So I watched that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, remember like uh, a week ago when I made fun of you for not being able to recommend or not recommend what you should watch, Brian? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. If you're interested I, I, <laughs> if you're interested in movies about Swiss girls coming of age, this is definitely a good movie for you. If you're interested in movies about teenage girls turning into mermaids against their will and dealing and like subplot figuring out that since she's a mermaid and her parents aren't, she's now dealing with the fact that she's adopted. She's <laughs> that that plays quite the emotional toll on her. Um this is a movie. I don't know what else to fucking say. I'm not 100% sure why it was under the horror movie section of Tubi. I think that might have been misplaced. But, like, the plot description said something about she's dealing with changes in her body, and given that it was in a horror movie section, I would think in my head I was thinking something closer to, like, a ginger snaps. <laughs> and it's like, you know, changes in her body didn't mean what it typically means in a coming-of-age teenage girl story. Not a werewolf, not a uh, yeah monster. Oh, just a mermaid. Just mermaid. Just yeah. So, anyways, that's sometimes sometimes it's good to have access to a lot of shit. Sometimes it's you stumble across movies like this, and then that's just what you're doing with your time now. And then later you realize trying to explain that to somebody's gonna be weird. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, other than that, I'm still watching Buffy. So, <laughs> to get things back to a little more normal. <laughs> Making my way through season three. I did watch two of my favorite episodes of Buffy of all time this week. Yeah, um, which ones are that? The Wish, which is the one where Cordelia wishes oh, that. Oh, yeah. Um, she wishes that Buffy had never come, and we get that alternate universe where the... I guess the events from season one transpired differently when the master did rise and has taken over the town. Uh-huh. I, I really like that portrayal of this like futuristic Sunnydale where the kids are all having to rush right home after school before it gets dark and the vampires come out. Giles is still there and teamed up with a few other students to create like a little team that runs around and tries to protect. Um, I, I just, I think that one's vampire willow. Yeah. Vampire willow and Xander, which is fun. Uh, introduction of Anya? Yes, that she's the demon that grants the wish. Yeah, yeah. She ends up becoming more important later. She seems like, in the episode, it seems like she's just a one-off character, but yeah. one of the things the show does great is have these one-off characters that come back. We also had, yeah. leading leading up to that episode, the reason why Cordelia was, was uh, making this wish to get rid of Buffy, all centered around the episode where Spike comes back for his, like, season three guest appearance which is super fun yeah Call he comes back and he's all drunk and shit because Drusilla left him and he's like kidnaps some of the characters and he's trying to force Buffy to work with him to do like a love spell on Drusilla <laughs> but for all intents and purposes he gets into a big fight and at the end of it he's like wow punching people's fun maybe I'll just go punch Drusilla until she likes me again <laughs> he's a guy your friends yeah. are oh, so I'm not doing potion anymore and he just leaves so, down 
uh, speaking of uh, this show being good at identifying characters that they can do stuff with. Yeah. Character that was supposed to die halfway through season two, and they're like, no, we like him. Let's keep him around. Yeah. Yeah, season four, which, like, obviously I haven't gotten into my, into my rewatch, but it's my favorite version of Spike because it's when he has this. The military puts a chip in him so he can only hit things that are demons. He can't hit a human being. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, like, fighting on the side of the good guys despite being completely against them. Oh. <laughs> uh. He's just doing it because he likes hurting things. I really enjoy that. So, <sighs> the other episode that I just watched today, which is like in the discussion of my favorite episodes of all of Buffy, is uh, the Zeppo, which is the one. Uh, it's one of my favorite episodes. It's yeah, it's it's the one where they're just like that. It's weird that Xander has no powers or anything, but still somehow seems to save the day. Maybe we should do a whole episode to justify that. And they just have an, it looks like an apocalypse going on as a background storyline. But our main storyline is Xander driving around with some zombies and just trying to prove how tough he can be. And he ends up having to defeat the zombies on his own, which effectively saves the world, even though he doesn't know it does and nobody else knows it happened. <laughs> yeah, I love that, all that shit going on in the background. And then, the, like, at the end of the episode, everybody's like, bandaged up arm in a sling like they all don't know how close they came to the world being over just this big old dramatic like thing yeah. and it's just like we had no no clue what even happened no we never really saw well we, we get enough of the storyline that we know what happened but it's not like it wasn't it was the background shit to Xander getting into a fight with the guy who was trying to raise his buddies just so that they can fucking hang out more it's like literally all it is. They just wanted to hang out more. So they came back from the dead. It's, mm. it's super fun. I love it. So it's, good. And it's just, I, I, the moments of like when Xander walks in on Buffy and Angel and they're having this like deep conversation about the end of the world. And he's just like, can I help? And they're like, no. And he's like, all right, back to fighting the zombies on my own, I guess. <laughs> That's uh, one of my favorite so Oz moments ever too, though, when because uh, Oz is in werewolf form during the final battle, and he ends up eating one of the zombies, <laughs> and the next day he's like doesn't know what happened. He's like, he, Xander offers to get him snacks, and he goes, "No, I'm oddly full." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so good. That was the last thing I watched before we uh, had to record tonight, so put me in. Again. Oh. Nice. Um, all right. Well, I only watched a couple things, and don't know if either one of them are really going to be worth going too far into. Uh, I watched Happy Birthday to Me, which was the first time I watched it. Well, that's fun. I like. Yeah, that. it was all right. Uh, the ending I wasn't a big fan of, but you know, I thought it was kind of ridiculous. It's like, oh, reveal, oh, reveal, oh, reveal. Yeah, and I'm like, these funny. are all bad reveals. Do you not feel like the movie knows it's bad reveals, though? Yeah, I guess so, but eh, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like it, it had some promise, and then it just kind of went nowhere. Eh. Could be worse. Lots of fun kills, though. Uh, really, the only other movie I watched, uh, 
is Amanda wanted to rewatch Dr. Sleep. Okay. And I wasn't about to say no. And I was like, you know what? This is a good opportunity for us to watch the three-hour director's cut. Because I hadn't watched it yet. <laughs> I like how you present it as an opportunity. Yeah. And I should so, probably watch that sometime before I get chewed out again. Chewed out? Everybody oh, gets the, mad whenever I say I haven't seen you haven't Dr. watched Sleep. Dr. Sleep. Yeah, you should. I haven't seen uh, Dr. Sleep either. No? No, I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I will one day. Oh, you both suck. Um, three-hour director's cut's pretty good. Uh, it doesn't add anything like super crazy to the to the story, but I feel like no, it, no unicorn dreams or anything. No unicorn dreams. It uh, it sort of just adds stuff to scenes that already exist and kind of helps uh, with the pacing of the movie a little more. Just kind of slows some of the stuff down that needs to be slowed down. And uh, yeah, just just add some like more character moments back in, which uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, still super awesome. Still loved it. So definitely worth a watch. Probably, I know some people complain that the regular version is kind of too slow paced. So I imagine they wouldn't enjoy the longer version. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't have a problem with it, but. You know, I'm a huge King nerd, so I was uh, totally on board for it. Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll get around to it one day, I'm sh- and I'm sure I'll like it. I just haven't. Yeah. I mean, really, just what hasn't happened is I haven't logged into a streaming service and it was staring me in the face yet. <laughs> that does seem to be your MO. Like <laughs> it's two, kind of if, my thing. <laughs> if Tubi was like, you should watch Dr. Sleep, you'd be like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a bunch of streaming services I'm paying for, but this free one says I should watch this Swiss movie. So, all right. Um, and then I guess uh, to sort of segue, uh, also by Mike Flanagan, I finished uh, Haunting a Bly Manor. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess the the thought of some stuff being too too long would factor in here for me. So, uh, it was okay. Uh, I do feel like this show could have been about two episodes shorter. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean just get rid of the last two episodes, but I feel like there's a lot of stuff that could have been tightened up throughout the entire run. The, the final, the very last episode feels, uh, extremely masturbatory to me. Like, Oh, it's, it's completely unnecessary for the story. It's just whoever the fuck was directing it was like, I'm going to get a fucking Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I think I said you could tighten up a bunch of stuff in a bunch of different episodes and then end the show about five minutes into the actual last episode and you'd be fine. It's just, uh, yeah. It's sort of like the story's over, but then we're going to tell another 45-minute story of what happened after the story. And I do not feel like that was needed at all. So, so I mean, it's not like the worst thing in the world. It's just, man, <coughs> when when the story's over and you're like, but there's still 45 minutes left and you kind of just have to have to wait it out. It's just kind of a bummer. But Brian... 
they loved each other so much. I guess so. Uh, but apparently the kids didn't love anybody enough because they all grow up and completely forgot about the time that there was a bunch of crazy shenanigans going on at the manor that they lived in. I mean, the, the impression I was getting is that basically everyone but her forgot by the end. That's what it seemed like. Yeah. I don't know. That's dumb. But, uh, so still enjoyed, uh, season one way more than this one, but this they season were, had some decent stuff. I, I was going to say the the problem is they're such different animals. Oh yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I think the, di- the, the difference is season one is a straight up haunted house horror story. And season two is a meandering Victorian ghost story. If that, <laughs> yeah. does that, does that make sense? Like, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I feel Just, like every, uh, every time it even started to get scary, they would like cut it off at the knees all of a sudden. And you'd be like, yeah. God, God damn it. Well, that was scary. Yeah. Like, it's like, nah, let's go back to the cook and the, uh, housekeeper kind of flirting with each other. Yeah, so could have been worse. Just I feel like it just needed to be tightened up some. But I don't get paid millions of dollars to have opinions like that, so it doesn't matter. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. All right, well, we are finally out of Haunted House Month. What? Uh, yeah. What are we teaming the next round of Amityville films up with? <laughs> Well, we're going to jump into the year 2032, the far-flung future, and uh, review Amityville 2032. Awesome. Uh, no, nah, I'm joking. I really would. I, now I want that to exist so bad. <laughs> Just traveling through space, and they're like, what is, what is in this back room? And it's like, oh, these are artifacts from Earth, and the lamp is back there. <laughs> that, space, that spaceship looks like a house. What's up with those windows? <laughs> <laughs> is that on a cliff or isn't it who knows <laughs> um, but we are going to go to the year 2032 um, to check out Demolition Man and Star Crystal just because okay. I really want to watch Demolition Man <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was getting ready to say I don't know what Star Crystal is but I'm, I'm super excited about watching Demolition Man <laughs> right? do, you know, do you know how Star Crystal got on the list takes place in the year 2032 that's exactly right that was me me googling other movies that took place in the same year as demolition man (laughs) just because i found my vhs copy of demolition man i'm like i gotta find an excuse to watch this (laughs) well that's a good job I was trying to think of what we're going to watch next, and I'm like, well, there's some horror stuff, but we just did a bunch of horrors. <gasps> Demolition Man. We're totally doing Demolition Man. The the poster art for Star Crystal is pretty dope. Oh, yeah. I cannot remember for the life of me what it's about. I have not thought about that movie since the day I put it on the list. <laughs> like aliens of some kind. That makes sense. A star in the title. There must be aliens. From 1986. 3.5 out of 10. That sounds like a movie we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Space uh, Station crew members 
Escape from an explosion with a deadly creature from Mars. Yeah, that sounds more and more like a movie too. <laughs> and I don't recognize one single person on this cast list, so that definitely checks all the boxes. <laughs> well, hopefully, there's a few of them that don't even have a face on IMDb. It's just that. Oh yeah. Question mark. At least, at least half of the list doesn't even have pictures. Right. <laughs> it. It, at the very bottom of the cast list, uh, cast list is one Randall England, who is an actor slash producer known for Beverly Hills Chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> Did he act or produce that? <laughs> I did that that's, that's the real question. We'll have to learn that by next week. Nice. Uh, so yeah, so we're going <laughs> to... Have Stallone and Wesley Snipes <laughs> facing off, and then uh, some people trying to get away from some aliens. Some rat burgers. Nice. Man, I fucking love Demolition Man. I haven't seen it in so long. I hope it's good. If it's one of those ones that doesn't hold up, I'm gonna be very upset. But I'm pretty sure. Well, no, I think I think it will. It was so, I don't, so ridiculously satirical of future movies that I, I think it'll hold up. Yeah, I just remember the uh, fashion is going to look amazing. Yeah. Like, we're nowhere on point to dress like this. <laughs> That's the one thing science fiction cannot predict is fashion. <laughs> they haven't figured out that that we, like, no matter what else happens, everybody just kind of eventually trends back to just jeans and a t-shirt. They haven't figured out that that's what's going to happen forever. <laughs> It also contains uh, the most glorious line of product placement that's ever been put into a film. Yeah. And and that is, I am going to treat you to dinner and dancing at a Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> you say product placement, but you have to remember that Taco Bell won the fast food wars, so. <laughs> we don't need to rewatch this movie. We can talk about it right now. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, I had Taco Bell the other day, and then I remembered why I don't eat Taco Bell, because it was all pretty terrible. Yeah, Taco Bell, as an adult, is not something I would seek out. Oh. But I had the craving. I had the craving for those tacos, just because I'm like, they're not real tacos, but... No, no. Just the taste of them. I have a craving for that taste. And then I also had some nachos and a burrito, and I'm like, oh, this is all terrible. I don't know how long it's been since I had Taco Bell. <coughs> Are all your Taco Bells also KFCs down there now, too? Not all of them. It's super weird here. Where I'm like, I don't see why I should get my fried chicken and my tacos in the same spot. <laughs> it doesn't seem right. I think they try to just make the most confusing combinations they can. Like, uh, I once saw one that was an Orange Julius slash Red Burrito. That's weird. Yeah, and I also saw one that was a, oh, God damn it, Panda Express slash Saburo pizza. <laughs> what? But are those, like, are those at least, like, just in the same building, or is it actually? No, they're like, this, like you pull through the drive-thru and you order from both. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we have, uh, where I used to work, at the bottom of the hill, the road I used to work on. They had a combination Long John Silvers and A&W root beer. Yeah, fuck yeah. That's where it's yeah. at. 
So you say that. Because it's the trashiest burger place and the trashiest fish place. Sure. Oh, yeah. But for someone who didn't want any of the fish stuff, and I was like, well, I'll just get a burger and fries. But they cook everything in the same oil, so all my fries taste like fish. Yeah, get them fishy fries. No. If you don't like the taste of fish, you just got to stay away from fish. That's all there is to it. If, you, if you're going yeah. to A&W, you get a root beer freeze, and you get a burger. That's it. Maybe onion rings. <clears throat> onion rings probably taste like fish as well. Mmm, fishy onion and rings. I, I don't mind the taste of fish. I just don't like right. Long John Silver's fish. So then it's just like, whoa. <coughs> yeah, the irony is, I, I love Long John Silver's, and I never order fish. I get the chicken planks. Yeah. Those chicken planks are the bomb. Do you ever, isn't it, I like to go to uh, fish places and then not order fish just to piss off all the really fish people that are there. <laughs> I, like my, uh, my ex's family loved Red Lobster for whatever reason. They would go there for family events. I would always either order pasta or tacos just to look at uh, the faces. Yeah. It's my favorite thing. Yeah, there's a, uh, like a family restaurant somewhat close by here. Uh, there's like a an Italian Italian <laughs> restaurant. Oh yeah. Not it's not a chain, but they did buy like three restaurants like in the same town, which is weird. Um, so it was like an Italian restaurant. They went there all the time, and whenever whenever Amanda's ex boyfriend used to go with them, he would order a cheeseburger. <laughs> that was the discussion like forever, like. Oh, remember that time he came and just ordered a cheeseburger at a fucking Italian place? Come on. I find it. I don't find it so strange that somebody would order a cheeseburger in an Italian restaurant. I find it weird that an Italian restaurant would put a cheeseburger on their menu. (laughs) Right. In the first place. (laughs) Once it's on the menu, I say, like, you order whatever you want. Right. It's not on you at that point. I mean, I feel that way about people who order macaroni and cheese at a restaurant. I, I think anyone who orders macaroni and cheese at any restaurant is an insane person. I don't no. understand that. Like, unless it's like a little kid, uh, like, and they just—it's just the parents' way of getting the kid to shut right. up so they can eat their meal. Children, children, are, children are exempt. Children can walk into the <laughs> the fanciest revolving restaurant at the top of the Waldorf Astoria they would like, and order fucking chicken fingers, and that's their prerogative because they're children. You see, See, you say all that, but if I go to a buffet and they have that nuclear mac and cheese on the buffet, I'm totally getting some. Well, buffets, buffets a little different. Like if, if you want to scoop some mac and cheese on your plate at a buffet, that's fine. I'm just saying there are people who order it as a side. Yeah. I've I've done that too. Yeah. No, that's fucking why, why would you ever do that? Why, why would you pay five dollars for a fucking side of macaroni and cheese the thing that you could make better and cheaper at home uh, there used to be a restaurant here was this chain called filthy mcnasties and they were like it's kind of like a bar slash restaurant and they had a craft dinner on their like just like cheap (coughs) homemade mac and cheese on their menu and it it was twenty dollars for a bowl of it and it literally the menu dollars the menu literally said, "Like, if you seriously want to order this, we'll make you, we'll make you mac and cheese for twenty bucks. If you really want it, we'll do it." 
Like that's what the menu said. <laughs> it's like under the description. It's like it's just straight. Like we're getting it out of the box. We're gonna put the fucking cheese powder in there. But we'll do it for you. Twenty bucks. <laughs> hilarious. I don't know anyone who actually ordered it, but I bet you every now and again some drunk guy ordered it just because he thought it was funny and they made twenty dollars on a one dollar box of mac and cheese. Yeah, it's funny. As long as me and Amanda have been together. She's been like, um, uh, like when she makes like big meals and stuff, she'll make like baked macaroni and cheese, yeah. like it's super good. And it's, you know, it's not like from a box or anything for some reason over the past, like three months, she's like, I don't know what it is, but I have a craving for the box mac and cheese Yeah, and not just the box mac and cheese. I'm like, Oh, do you want this craft? She's like, no, no. Not the craft. I need the generic, whatever generic version they have at the store. And don't you dare get me a cheese pouch. It has to be a powder pouch. She's like, I don't know what it is. My brain is telling me that this is what I want. And it tastes marvelous. I'm like, all right, whatever you want. It's literally 34 cents a box. So you can do whatever you want. Well, and I don't, I don't begrudge anybody eating weird, cheap shit at home. No. I just find the, the idea of paying for certain things at a restaurant where you're like, you know, you're, you're paying for a level of expertise and presentation and stuff. And, <laughs> and people just order trash in a fucking restaurant. I'm like, God damn it. But what if they have like souped up mac and cheese? Or if a restaurant, well, so there's, there's a slight difference. So if they're like serving like a lobster Mac or something like that, that's fine. Yeah. I don't, I don't give a shit if you order lobster Mac. That's you. I'm just talking about strictly <laughs> a side of fucking macaroni and cheese in a restaurant. There is nothing that like, I, I don't know that that's as bad as like somebody walking in in their fucking pajamas and just sitting down. And, <laughs> like, that's what I would compare it to be like, you fucking uncultured swine. <laughs> you know, like... Jesus. You, think I, you think I rushed in early. So I had time to watch house four. Watch you eat mac and cheese in your pajamas. You uncultured swine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I can I can only imagine both at the same time. <laughs> There's a whole thing with pajamas in public that I have a real issue with. Pajamas yeah. in public and dudes that go out in their front yard with no shirt on. I'm like <laughs> I, I, I can't deal with it. I'm just like, I don't understand. Cause now that I have to like walk my kid to school, like I see people who clearly like it must be their day off or whatever but they walk the kid to school in pajamas or maybe they're just working at home and i'm like i don't you're out in public put some fucking pants on like it's just the my my general rule with pajamas is pajamas are not permitted to go past um the the road or the alley outside of my house if if i'm in my pajamas and i need to run out to my car and grab something i ain't getting sure dressed. yeah, yeah. Or, or drag the trash out or whatever but yeah. If I were to get into my car and start my car and I'm wearing pajamas, it's already fucked up. It's, it's already gone too far. <laughs> that car should not be on. No? While I'm in my pajamas. If if you're in your pajamas and you're like, oh man, I got I need to run through a drive-thru. So you're not I, gonna get you're not gonna get out of your car. 
Doesn't matter. I, I very much will put on jeans and a t-shirt to do that. Oh, see, I sleep in gym shorts. <clears throat> so well, see, but that's kind of acceptable. Those yeah. are just gross shorts. Like, did you say gross shorts? Yeah, gym, <laughs> yes, shorts, gym shorts are gross shorts. If if you're walking around in public in gym shorts, everybody goes, "Ooh, I guess we're in gym shorts." But see, the, see, the weird thing is, I probably wouldn't walk around in gym shorts. But if I know, like, I'm just, I'm literally right. getting in the car. I'm going to do the drive-through, and then I'm coming home. Like, I'm not getting out of the car. I, I, I might I'm, make an exception for this if it's like a Sunday morning and you're hungover and you just really need to go get like a coffee and a bagel or whatever. I might allow even jammies for that as long as yeah. I'm through. No. But as long as I don't have to see it, I think is the big Unacceptable. thing. Unacceptable. I feel like I feel like that is a slippery slope to being in a Waffle House wearing pajamas. It's dangerous. It's uh, waffle house. Do you have Waffle here. Houses up in Canada, Doug? No. Oh, you're missing out. You should you should come down to America, down to the south, and uh, get yourself some Waffle House. It is beautiful garbage. I cannot it is. afford to come there for a day because I have to quarantine for 15 days when I get back. So. <laughs> well, once the plague is ended. Yeah, we'll see if that yeah. happens. Yeah, it's like a southern-style <laughs> diner that just that just specializes in breakfast food. Yeah, it's and... the size of a box. All of them. They're all tiny. I, I love me some like breakfast. Like Going <laughs> to a diner and getting yeah. like breakfast, I love it. Yeah, we were on a trip once, and uh, my friend Wes's girlfriend did not want to go to the Waffle House. She had never been to one. And we were all like, no, there's a Waffle House right down the road. We need to hit that for breakfast before we leave town. And she's like, I'm not going to the Waffle House. And I'm like, well, there's four of us, and three of us want to go. So I, I would you, have been like, then you can fuck off and walk down to yeah. fucking IHOP. Uh, so we said, you've been outvoted. So she went. And as we were leaving, I see her tell Wes, all right, that was kind of the best thing I've ever eaten. And I'm like, I told you. Oh, yeah. It's like, I don't, it's, it is it is mediocre in the most perfectionist way possible. <laughs> That's I don't, true. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like, listen, their coffee is not, it's not like the best coffee you've ever had. But it's it's perfectly fine all the time. Like it's never bad coffee. And with the, with the food, I think it's like the <laughs> fact that they've built, they've made like a million eggs, a million hash browns, a million things of sausage on the grill. And so you're just getting all that like goodness. Yeah. You're getting all them, them leavings, yeah. getting all the leavings mixed in and their hash browns are fucking great, man. That's why I always got chop, chop steak and eggs, hash browns, smothered, covered. Now I'm fucking starving. I don't know. Like I said, it's uh, it, it's so hard to explain to people because you know we in Springfield we have this really nice breakfast place called La Peep, which is oh, like yeah. higher end and it's it's delightful. Yeah. It's really yeah, we really have, good. We have one in Peoria. Oh yeah, yeah they're they're fantastic, yeah. and. And I would never say that Waffle House has better food than Le Peep. But what I would say is I would probably rather go to Waffle House. Well, I, for me, if I'm going out to breakfast, like I'm not interested in like 
a nice place with good food. I'm more interested in like it's got to be all greasy and shit. Like the bacon right. yeah. accidentally spilled on the other food and nobody yeah. cared. They just served that, it to you anyway. Like that's Waffle House. Yeah, well, that's and what it's I want. it's the proper menu layout too, because like Waffle House, basically everything's very a la carte. Like you know, pick the thing you want the way you want, and the other thing you want the way you want, and the other thing you want the way you want. <laughs> then that's your breakfast. And instead of going to like Denny's where it's like, do you want the lumberjack slam or do you want the, the bullshit Don Quixote slam? That's the slam of the month. Now Waffle House is a two-sided menu. That's laminated. <laughs> You're like I want, I want the, uh, yeah, the, the all American breakfast and then like four sides of bacon. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And it's dirt cheap. Yeah. And fast. And I have probably 20 stories that all take place in a Waffle House that are some of the <laughs> most fucked up stories I have of anything. Yeah. They're, uh, Horror Hound. Also, most, I think all Waffle Houses are open 24 hours. And so, Horror Hound, there was one like three miles away from the hotel. <laughs> so, at about three in the morning, when everybody's all nice and drunk and stumbling around eventually somebody goes all right time to go to the waffle house and then we just go eat a bunch of breakfast and then go back and crash in our room at like 5 a.m and then get up at like 10 and start all over again yeah, we used to go to denny's a lot at like 4 a.m just because nobody wanted to go home so we just all go to denny's and order food and then not eat it mm. if if i ever told you the bobby story brian no <laughs> so well, if you did i just don't know it's called the bobby story so me and my brother are driving back from florida and we stop in a, a waffle house in alabama which oh, uh, that's like sorry, the dregs of the dregs right so we walk in and it it's like a painting of a diner there's like this quasi old lady wearing you know the the very old timey apron and there's this kid in the back who's got headphones in and he's sweeping or mopping or something weird. And there's like an old timey fucking state trooper with the big round hat sitting in the corner. And we go in and we sit down and, you know, they come to get our order and stuff. And, uh, God damn it. What happens? Somebody. Oh, the, the lady starts yelling at the kid who's got the headphones in, who turns around and he's got that weird shit where one of his cheeks is all swollen up and the inside of his mouth is black. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. I, I can't remember what the fuck that's called, but he's got one of those things. And she goes, Bobby, you need to do them dishes. And he goes, I ain't doing them dishes. And he's, <laughs> and he starts sweeping again. And he, I don't know if he's sweeping to the beat that's in his headphones or something, but he's doing it like, really like stiff and rhythmically <laughs> and and she was like bobby you go do them dishes he goes Mm-mm, i ain't doing them damn dishes and just keeps doing his thing and then finally she's like bobby god damn it do them dishes and he goes no and he throws the broom and goes running out into the parking lot and this old lady runs out of the parking lot chasing him and and it's literally like a fucking cartoon like they're just running in a circle with this old lady <laughs> chasing this kid with this fucked up mouth because he won't do the dishes mm. and we look over and that state trooper has got you know the big newspaper up in front of his face 
slowly he just lowers it down until <laughs> he can look over the paper and he just goes, Mmm, that damn Bobby. <laughs> and then slowly just puts the paper back up. I'm just like, are we inside of some weird fucking movie right now? What the fuck is this? Uh, that seems about right for a Waffle House. Oh, Waffle House in Alabama. Don't recommend. Ten, 10 out of 10 dentists say don't go to Waffle House in Alabama. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.